When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the sob story. The sob story that happens very early on when you meet an abusive person and what it is and why, how it works, and what to do about it. Before we begin, let's go ahead and do my struggles and successes for this week. A struggle is that I'm just very tired. Um, I am just like really run down. I mean, a lot of us are. Someone said in a live that I was just in that it's probably still from the time change. I spent like two weeks and I'm still really struggling. So maybe it is that. I don't know. I'm hoping to find some energy somewhere, but that's where I'm at right now. Um, my success is that I had yet another client leave their abuser and reach out to me and share that with me. I always do a happy dance. Sometimes I cry because I'm so just moved by it. Um, and I always wait with bated breath because I'm like, Oh, is this person going to go back? Are they going to get hoovered back? Because it's just the scariest, most difficult time. Um, and I know exactly how it feels. I know how hard it is to stay gone and to make those changes that you need to do to keep this person away from you and to keep from tumbling back into the cycle of abuse with them. Um, but so far so good. I've got a couple, you know, clients who have made it out. Um, and it's just incredible. And of course, you know, they reach out and they tell me that I helped and that, you know, I did so much to do all of that stuff, but it's you, when you're leaving, it's you, you're the one making that decision. You're the one choosing to reach out to me and work with me and make those changes and educate yourself and make a plan and all of that stuff. It's all you baby. So I am so proud of everyone who has done that work because it is so hard. And if you're not there yet, hang in there. Hopefully we'll get you there soon. So I'm going to talk about the sob story. Uh, the sob story worked for me. It's a very common tactic that an abusive person will use when they're just getting to know you or when they're first, you know, they're first starting to pursue you. They, um, well, I'll just, I'll give you mine in a nutshell. The first night we hung out, we were just talking, talking, talking connecting, you know, they're asking questions. I'm asking questions. And of course, you know, very quickly it starts to become about, you know, what's your trauma? What's your deepest, darkest, what's your struggle? Like literally these are the questions they're asking. What's something that happened to you in your life that was like the worst for you? Um, they want to know, were you abused? Were, were you hurt in some way? What's your childhood trauma? What were your struggles? All those things so they can use them against you. That's one of the biggest tactics that they're using upfront and also to try to create a false sense of security and safety and trust with them, right? You can't, you do not trust someone that you've known for three hours. You just don't, but it feels like it because they're just, they're right there with you. They're meeting you tit for tat. They're right there. And then the other thing, which is the subject of today is a sob story. So the conversation's going on and on, and then all of a sudden they're going to hit you with their deepest, darkest trauma, and they're going to just draw it out, and they're going to make sad faces. Maybe they cry. Maybe they're just like all sullen and quiet. Uh, mine showed me pictures. My user sob story was so silly. Like when I look back on it, I'm like, Lindsay Goodman, what? It's because alcohol was involved, to be honest with you. 
um, they were talking about these two girls that they liked so much and weren't able, one of them was like their wife that they had literally cheated on and treated horribly for years, um, and lost. And then the other one was like some girl that they've never dated, but have kept around for years and years and years and is probably still around. But it was this sob story of these lost connections. And like, really you'd think like, if I was like in the right mind, I would see this as a red flag and be like, it's cool. I'm not going to pursue you. I'm not going to date you. I'm not going to kiss you. Like you have your struggles. I have mine. Everyone does, you know, I'm getting out of a marriage. This is not a good time for us to be pursuing something. Right. That's another story, obviously. Um, but that was their sob story. Again, when you're listening, you're probably like, that's it. That was a sob story. It was no like childhood trauma. There was no whatever. But I was like, Oh my gosh, you poor thing. You must be hurting. And I, you know, we went for it, whatever. It worked. It worked. So what they do is that they try to, they share this thing again to build this trust. Like I'm trusting you with this. This is my vulnerability. This is like, these are the things that bother me. I can't believe that I did that to my wife and I'm dealing with like how much I hurt my wife. And I just like, well, maybe that's part of it. Like I want to be a better partner in the future because I messed up and now I have to live with this and I can't stop, you know, whatever. And so they're, again, they're building this false sense of trust. They're trying to see if you have empathy. They're trying to see if you're going to be like, yeah, and that happens to everyone. Or if you're going to be like, wow, that must be really hard and like offer them comfort and offer them connection and you know, whatever, which I did. I reached out for them. I reached out to comfort them. I reached out to distract them from what their pain was and all that stuff, which was like, honestly, looking back when I, when I look back at that first night and understood it for what it was and what was happening and all the tactics and the red flags that were happening on that first night, which I would 100% catch now. I'm like, again, like, ah, easy. We can't beat ourselves up about it because we didn't know. You can't deal with or fix or help or whatever with something that you don't know and understand, right? And so, yes, if you are talking to someone and you're, you know, it's new and they're asking you, you know, of course it's new and exciting. You want to get to know each other. I have said this before. We want to be really careful about what information we're sharing up front. So, let's just not assume that everyone is abusive, right? Like I'm not trying to tell everyone to walk around and be like, you're abusive until proven otherwise. Although like, yeah, that's kind of fair, right? The amount of people who are in my comment sections and my DMs who have had similar situations, maybe multiple times, there's a lot of people out there who are abusive or toxic or, <clears throat> man, I should not film after I've done a live. I was on a live for about an hour just talking. So my girl is not happy. Um, but, um, that sob story will get you that sob story. You're thinking this person wants to heal. This person wants to change. This person wants to do better. This poor person's mom never told them they loved them. This person's dad was emotionally unavailable and they just need love. They need, you know, whatever. And so you're just sitting there like, I can help this person. And a lot of people, the victim shamers will come out and say, well, that's your fault because you just want to fix people. You just want to help people. I think it's human nature to want other people to be healthy and well and happy. It doesn't necessarily mean we're like, I just want to fix her up or I just want a project. A lot of people are drawn to fixer uppers. Um, of course that is due to childhood trauma, like no healthy, you know, 
secure person is like, I want to fix her upper. I don't know if you're a secure person, message me. If you've ever been like, yeah, I love a fix her upper. I feel like secure people want secure people, want healthy people. They have a, they have a really good ability to deal with people who are not because they are secure. So there's not that like push pull, whatever dynamic. Um, but it's not our fault that we see a sad person and want to comfort them. That is not, that is not the victim's fault. And that doesn't make it okay. What happened? Right. And so <clears throat> the other thing about the sob story is a couple things can happen with that. One, the sob story can just go away after a while. Like once it's worked, once it's done, it's magic. You might notice that they never talk about it again that that sob story, that thing that was eating them up when they met you and they just had to get really vulnerable and share with you this deep, dark moment. It's not something they really actually think about. Maybe they're just pulling it out of a hat because they're like, I don't know, this is all I can think of. Let me see if this makes this person feel tender towards me, right? Or it could be something that's used to manipulate you throughout the relationship, right? So if it's, let's say it's childhood trauma from mom, every time a fight comes up, well, my mom never loved me or you know, again, mine was, it was always the, the ex-wife, the ex-wife loved me more than you. I can't believe I lost her. I can't believe I cheated on her. I can't believe I did this. No one will ever love me as much as this person. Um, I'm going to reach out back to that person. It's the sob story can very much be kept around and stored on the shelf and used to abuse you throughout, to manipulate you, to guilt trip you. I told you this happened to me and I can't believe you would say this to me now. I cannot believe you don't care about me because you forgot that I told you that I once lost someone that I cared about, whatever, right? Um, the other thing about sob stories, and this is a very yucky one, is that you can become their sob story for the next person. And this is very difficult for me. This is something that I just find to be so disgusting is that I know for a fact, <coughs> for a fact that I was used as a sob story to get the next person after me. I went no contact after that. So I don't know who they've gone for after that person. I don't know if they're with someone, not, don't care, never will. But I am also assuming that I am still talked about and used as a sob story. So whether they've had a long-term person or out there, just out there, you know, picking and choosing people, it doesn't matter, but it's going to come down to, I had this partner for two and a half years and she left me and she took my child and she took my dog and she refused to talk to me. She refused to let me see them. That sob story gold, right? I am this cruel, cold hearted, probably, you know, Oh, she would do this. She would do that. All this stuff that I did in the relationship, but never telling that they did the things that they did. Right. And so you can become the sob story that is used to hook the next victim, the new supply, whatever you want to call it. And that is sick. And it's a weird feeling. And it's hard because you kind of feel responsible and you're like, I could help this person. I've definitely talked about this a lot before. It's not recommended to warn the new supply because they're not going to believe you anyway. New person, they're not going to believe you anyway. Um, but the sob story is a very solid, strong weapon for an abusive person. Again, it's usually fake. It's usually some form of reality mixed and twist with a cocktail of lies and exaggerations and all of that other stuff. So beware if you're talking to someone and very early up front, they're talking about how horrible their ex was, that their ex-wife did this and that, and, you know, took this from them, took that, left them with nothing, all that stuff. Um, beware of someone telling you 
their deepest, darkest trauma right away. So here's the thing. Let me tell you, here's an example of, of me. Am I perfect? No, you don't have to use me as a model for everything, but <clears throat> my dad passed away when I was 13. And so if I meet you say we're going on a date or you're, you know, you're possibly going to be a new friend of mine and we're talking or whatever. My dad did pass away when I was 13. So it's something that could come up in conversation. Maybe you're asking, like, maybe you say, like, do your parents live nearby? I'm going to say, well, my mom lives in Indiana. My dad passed away when I was 13. I say this a lot. It's been 21, almost going to be 22 years this year. It's also one of those things that I can say just as a fact because my daddy's been gone for a very long time, right? Um, but what I don't do is tell the story of the night that he died. If you know the story of the night that my dad passed away, you are very close to me and you are very safe and you have known me for a while. If I tell you that story and I allow myself to go back to being 13 and running down the street, frantically trying to find my mom, I don't want to trigger anybody getting that phone call, all of that stuff. Then you know me, right? I have waited until you are safe because that is one of my deepest, darkest, most painful moments in my life. Of course, what I won't do is the first night you meet me or the second, or maybe the third, if they're really patient, is be like, one night, when I was 13, my aunt called me, and this happened, and then that happened, and then I knew, I just knew, and then I went to bed, and I woke up, and live, live, live. You're not getting that from me, because that is deep and dark, and I need to be able to trust you, right? And so that's a very real difference. That's a very real difference in how someone is going to approach their trauma. And yeah, okay, sure. Maybe we both find out that our parents both passed away. Like my, my ex-husband and I, I do feel like that's one of the things that we bond, bonded on because we were both pretty young. He was so, many years older than me when his mom passed away, but we had this understanding of what it feels like to lose a parent. And a lot of people our age just don't thank goodness for them. Um, and so of course, if you find a similar trauma with someone and you want to bond over it, that's valid and that's fair. However, again, typically my son's dad did not tell me about when his mom passed away until we had been married for at least a year. We'd been together for at least three years, probably even longer than that. And he told me one time again, he's a man, he's a little more closed off. That doesn't come out easily, but it's very hard to talk about trauma when I'm in my coaching sessions and I'm in my therapy sessions. It's hard. This is the first time in my life. I'll be 36 in August that I, when I was doing the, uh, my new coach was asking me the, uh, trauma history that I said, all right, I'm going to bullet point this, but I'm actually going to tell you all of it. I'm going to run through and I'm going to tell you each thing rather than telling you just the big three or the big four, right? Like it takes a long time. It's not something that's just so readily. Yeah. Some of of y'all are going to be like, no, I trauma dump. I get it. I get it. But are you trauma dumping to just like let it out? Or are you trauma dumping so that you can get something from someone else? Very real difference. I apologize. I don't usually just like chug water, but like I said, my throat hurts and it's wanting me to be done talking for the day. So (laughs) unfortunately I have to go back to work. Um, So yeah, I feel like I've said enough about sob stories. I hope that, um, I hope that this was helpful. I hope if this has happened to you that you can look back and understand the sob story. I remember it very early on. I remember what it was. And so that you can have that 
unlock that next level of understanding about what happened and why. And, you know, I hope it helps you understand why abusive people would use a, a, a sob story. And I also hope that whether you've been abused or not, that you're able to take this information and just put it in the back of your mind. Again, I don't want to make you paranoid. I'm not going to say, if someone does this, they are abusive or anything like that. I don't want to talk like that. I don't want to scare you. I don't want you all walking around just like assuming everyone is bad. But keep this in the back of your mind so that if this does come up, your flags can go up and be like, okay, this is at least a yellow flag and it's going to be a yellow flag until I know it's green. Rather than being like, I see a flag. It looks red, but I don't think it is. That's what I did. That's what many of us did because again, we are not taught about this stuff. So I just hope this is helpful. I hope this is something that that is a useful tool in your tool belt as you go through life navigating relationships in this world where everyone's hurting. Before I wrap this up, I want to tell you that I, you know, like I mentioned, I'm a certified trauma recovery coach. I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I've got 30 minutes, 60 minute sessions, and I have a six week program. Um, so if you are ready to commit, you want to dive in, that is available. It's a great option. The people who have been doing that have been working really hard and they have been loving it. <laughs> I'm not saying they're loving it because it's fun, but it's been beneficial. I should say that because it's not like we're like doing like a painting class or like salsa class or something. Right. Um, so there's that. I have my support called Polishing Off the Rainbows. I host that with Trey De La Torre from I was like underscore you. I was like yo underscore Trey. My bad. Um, we just had our third session. It's one Saturday a month. So keep an eye out for that. Um, that'll be available, uh, usually a week after we have a session, we post, um, when the next one is available, just out here to support our queer folks. Trey and I are both queer. We are both abused in our first grade relationship. So that doesn't have to be your exact story, but if you are queer and you want to just have a safe space to talk about your own situation and to ask questions of two coaches, trauma informed, trauma certified, um, we're here for that. I do want to also announce if you haven't noticed already, I separated my Instagram and my TikTok accounts because those are my two biggest accounts. And I was kind of battling with wanting to share more personal things and then wanting to be more professional. So I did separate them. I know it's confusing. The personal is going to be the Lindsay Goodman on both of those platforms. And the professional is going to be Lindsay Goodman coaching. So again, I apologize for all the accounts. I am on all the platforms. You can find me pretty much everywhere. Um, so I apologize, but it has helped me feel better and more creative and have more clarity about where things are going. So if you, you know, if you follow me on the Lindsay Goodman on Instagram and you're like, where the abuse stuff go, Lindsay Goodman coaching, it's over there. You'll find me, you'll have everything you need over there. So keep that in mind. Um, for now, I will wrap this up. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me. Take care of yourself. Do something nice for yourself today. Go drink some water.